0: The Shaggy Jenkins Show.
1: We have to make Russia great again. On the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. Welcome to it. Uh, Today we've got a lot of stuff to cover, including insanity from Fox News. Yeah, that's still going. Uh, Insanity from our president, why not? Insanity from the religious advisor to the president, yeah, we'll throw that in. In other words, today's show will question your sanity. Uh, before we get to all of that, brief introductions are in line. My name is Shaggy Jenkins. I'm a critical thinker, a host, a uh, guy that's just kind of all-around weird, left of center, but always centered in common sense, and found on my website, shaggyjenkins.com or wherever fine social media is served at Shaggy Live. Joining me from his bunker somewhere in the great northeast of America, please welcome, uh, he's one of the co-founders of FYI Nation, their program director and host of the show, some say. It's Thomas Reynolds.
0: Yes, I, I am in the formerly uh, debunked Dick Cheney bunker, and um, it's, uh, i you know, all the bodies are buried down here.
1: I'd imagine it's rather warm, too, with all that natural gas. Yes, it is. How'd you guess? It wasn't me for once. Yeah, well, speaking of people that are full of hot gas, uh, let's start off the show with Sean Hannity, shall we? Oh, please. I love Sean insanity. Well, this is the thing. Mr. Hannity here lately has been going on a tear against everybody that's attacking the president. I mean, it's almost as if they're really good friends and Sean has started to ignore all of reality and instead just back his buddy up. But serious journalist Sean Hannity wanted to come out the other night with a warning, Thomas, towards his conservative friends. Uh, Why was he warning them about?
0: Uh, A lot, but mainly uh, attacking the president and going against him in the wall, because Trump's still going to build that wall, you know, and Mexico's going to pay for it.
1: Oh. Is that so? Because, I mean, I'm, yeah. it's it's like BS-030 on that clock, if you don't mind.
0: Well, you know, every once in a while, you've got to get a good time in there. And um, I, I just think that uh, the, the whole thing is funny at this point. If it weren't so serious, it'd be funny. But we're at an interesting incline in, in political speak. And the fact that Sean Insanity is so overqualified to defend this guy, <laughs> uh, because you don't have to be very qualified to defend him in the first place, uh, is uh, just crazy talk at this point.
1: It kind of is because, see, here's this is the quote that I like because he was trying to kind of convince people that Donald Trump was the right uh, horse to back in this race. Okay, he was the right horse to back. And here's how Hannity was going to prove it to us all. He said, quote, has he not shown he is a tenacious fighter when it comes to keeping his promises? But didn't he promise to pay Stormy Daniels some six figures that never amounted to anything? I mean yeah, yeah I'm just going to throw this out there it's kind of like Sean it depends on who you ask as to how timely the president is with that money huh
0: No you you're absolutely right and this is a guy who never pays for anything if he can avoid it and uh it's it's interesting that they have uh, their their campaign for 2020 as promises kept and now you could, if you're a conservative and a good conservative, you know what to list and you know how to list it, and that's fine if you want to
1: go up Bull, bull Mountain, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's if you a don't long wanna... way to Tipperary and the top of BS Mount. Look, here's the thing, though, when we're talking about people scaling the Great Mountain of Bull Feces, Hannity here kind of went with the approach of, look, the president, despite losing, a, I mean, like a hockey check loss, if you really think about it, to Pelosi in the standoff, the government shutdown ended, and everybody knows that Donald Trump caved. However, Hannity takes to the air Friday night after this massive caving of Trump and says, oh no, he still holds all the cards. Um, What cards does the president really currently hold at this point?
0: Uh, They have to be imaginary because I'm not quite sure what, what cards he holds because he gave... He gave the biggest thing to the Democrats in the Democratic Party, which was the shutdown. He had he had them by the cojones if he had just waited. But I really think LaGuardia closing down was the clinch pin to this. And it had not. LaGuardia closed down. I think he would have been uh, willing to wait longer, but it got
1: rough and, and it, it
0: just showed how, how easily he's willing
1: to cave. The, the thing is, is when LaGuardia shuts down, that's kind of um, this president's backyard. So, I mean, do you really at this point doubt his motives for that being the tipping point?
0: Well, it had to be something. I, um, I now I'm operating on two theories that he came because of that or that he was doing it to um block uh the the Roger Stone uh media circus that was about to begin and do some damage control in a different kind of way. So what if they're going to talk bad about you, at least have them talk bad about something that you could continually say is a witch hunt and there's no collusion and have a regular line on that we all know and and at this point objectively love. Uh, and as opposed to the shutdown, which was really getting creamed over, because even Republicans don't really see the wall as a thing that will work.
1: Here's the thing about that wall, because Hannity, when he was trying to defend the president, goes, quote, don't let what is, I believe, a shift in strategy fool you. OK, so what would that shifted strategy that, that, that Hannity says happening actually look like Thomas Reynolds?
0: Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I I, I question there being any strategery in the first place. You have to go only to England to see what's going on with Brexit and Theresa May, where she had a strategery and it was we're not gonna back off this deal. It's either this or it's shut down, uh, with the Brexit being a catastrophe. And then she went to Parliament and was like, well, let's. Back off what I had said, and we'll give it to, all to you. And she's turning around and saying, "Well, I'm listening to you now." It's the same thing. It's the same nonsensical uh, BS is happening in England with their uh, Trump in address, as opposed to what's happening here. There's
1: no rhyme or reason to it. Mm. Well, the, the thing is, is that Hannity says that he does know reasons. He goes, "Quote: I don't have any doubt all, at all. The president is going to fight." As hard, if not harder, for the money for that wall. Now, here's the thing. The last fight that that, that he engaged in spent 35 days of our U.S. government impartial shutdown. That cost the United States government permanently right now is what we're looking at. A figure of around $3 billion and damaged the economy temporarily in excess of $11 billion. With just three weeks to go until there's a possible shutdown again, Hannity is trying to say, and I'm going to ask you if this is correct, Thomas Reynolds from FYI Nation and the show Some Say, Today's Correspondent. I'm going to ask you very carefully here, is Hannity uh, um, kind of signaling that Trump intends to shut down the government again when the budget runs out in February?
0: Yes, because just like Theresa May and Trump in a dress, we have uh, two people who are okay with calamities, whether it be him doing the shutdown or her going to a hard Brexit, which will crush the economy of Great Britain. Neither one of them seem to care about the, uh, the consequences, and they don't seem to— understand what is truly going on with both parties because you you have the democratic party in the in this situation completely uh, dog walking the President of the United States. And it, the Labor Party and the Conservative Party are dog-walking Theresa May. And when you have both of them being dog-walked, that's the only reason you call her Trump an address. So you have both calamities, and neither person in both examples care about the outcomes of them being calamities.
1: Can, can I just take a little break from the show and say that I have learned something very interesting about you, Thomas Reynolds, You're a fan of Cardi B, aren't you? Oh, I totally am. Totally am. Okay, because I I noticed you used the term dog walking. And, okay, I'm just going to throw this out there. Not a lot of people know what dog walking means. And when I actually explained the, um, well, I like to call Southern Hood version of what a dog walk is to my wife, Well, she thought that uh, Cardi B's comments back towards Tommy Lauren were a bit more mean than people talk. But when we talk about dog walking, for the uninitiated Thomas, what do you mean? Um, Well, my version of it is probably a
0: lot more cruel, but basically uh, getting slapped in a way that um, rhymes with the witch and walked all over. Um, And and to me, dog walking is trouncing a person. It's taking them out to the woodshed, and it's really uh, showing them what what they can't see in a very particular way. And both Theresa May and uh, Donald Trump in the recent couple of hours have really gotten dog-walked. And it, when even even Ann Coulter is admitting she was a stupid girl, for Pete's sake. And for Ann Coulter to admit that, that takes a lot. And Sean Insanity is still defending him, which is weird. And so, by the way, so is Rush
1: Limbaugh. Can, can I just throw this out there? Like when these people like, like Ann Coulter comes out and says something like that she was a stupid girl and all of a sudden the temperature drops like 40 degrees in Hawaii, I'm starting to see a correlation. I, I, I just – I don't know how to tell you this, but somebody needs to warm her cold, cold heart because I am cold here in paradise. But the things that have chilled between people like Coulter and Trump, you, you – you know that they haven't chilled as much with somebody like Hannity, who, who at this point he's almost got a vested interest in Trump's popularity, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he absolutely, literally does, because he talks to his base, and his base are his viewers. So you you have to keep that in mind. And Sean Insanity will completely uh, go off the rails, never on Donald Trump because he needs that viewership to keep buying my pillows just saying
1: yeah that's going to be one of the few sponsors left along with that sock slider thing which is okay it's useful i'm just going to be honest science is is wonderful sometimes so uh the, the thing is though is that Sean Hannity has been kind of guilty of doing another kind of dog walking And I kind of want to bring up one of the people. He did his, what I would like to call, Westminster uh, breast prance. The other night, he did one of those with Roger Stone, who I would like to say is pure pedigree. But here's the thing, because... Sean Hannity's defense of the president has always kind of likened him to be like, oh, you guys don't know the real picture. You guys don't know the real picture. But when he interviewed Roger Stone, there wasn't really a a way that he could spin this into a good fantasy, quote unquote, his version of the real picture, was there, Thomas?
0: No, and, and Roger Stone is one of these dudes who come out swinging hard, and they just get the, the if there's a hole, they dig it, and he digs his own hole. And you don't believe? I mean, this is a guy who said that he was treated worse than Osama bin Laden. Now, for those who don't remember, Osama bin Laden was thrown into the into the into the sea and um, shot in the head. I, I don't see any gunshot wounds on uh, Roger Stone, uh, and, and I don't see any mistreatment. And Roger Stone is the one guy who said uh, on the courthouse uh, steps that he was treated really nicely by the FBI. So which which is the real Roger Stone? That's what I want to know.
1: Yeah, because here's the thing. This Roger Stone that appeared on Hannity the other night kind of seems... Um I want to say detached from reality. Is that a safe way of putting it?
0: That's, uh, that's a kind way of putting it.
1: Mm, okay, because the, the the detachment of Roger Stone is that he believes that all of this stuff, all of this stuff is targeting him. And in a cryptic... Okay, it wasn't cryptic warning. He basically said, They got me. Trump, they're coming for you next. Um... I mean, at what point does this this kind of mafioso uh, uh, posturing that he's doing start to hinder his case?
0: Um, well, I think at the very beginning of it, but this is, he's talking to an audience of one. You got to remember Roger Stone is talking to the president. He knows this. Roger Stone is not a stupid man. He's abnormally crazy, yes, but he's not stupid. And he's talking to Trump. And the best way to talk to Trump in his, is in his own language, which is, which is mob speak, because if you're in the good good fellows.
1: Yeah, and I mean the, the the thing is, is that Stone has always kind of been one of the good friends of ours, not quote unquote friends of theirs. Which, by the way, fascinating world of mafia. Those two things mean the difference between life or death. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah.
0: No, you're absolutely right, shaggy and and the the worst bit about this is all you have to do is to watch uh, a movie like The Goodfellas and, and see where these people come from because The Goodfellas is close to real life accuracy you're going to get with mob. And these people do not care about anything but themselves and what they can get out of you. It has no uh singular thing but them Roger Stone only cares about him and his hide. And maybe if we're lucky, his wife and dogs, if you believe his statements about them and that is the, I I mean, I still can't get Steve Martin out of my head when I look at uh, Roger Stone after that great way he did the uh, skit on SNL this past weekend. It was absolutely tremendous. And I, I I just, I just see Steve Martin now (laughs) with Roger Stone.
1: Pardon me? Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, this is the thing. Because, I mean, as long as we're talking about comical figures, Roger Stone has been comically inept, and I'm going to use those words together very accurately, I hope, comically inept in making himself not look like the villain. So now here we are, Thomas. He's finally he's having his day. He looks like the villain, and they're coming after him. Is this the spotlight that he intended to get from the very start?
0: Uh, 50-50. He likes to be talked about even if it's in a negative light. If you watch the movie about him that's on Netflix, he basically says that. But this is also a guy who is very scared of his own shadow. So while he is probably really enjoying the um, limelight, so to speak, I don't think he... He is in anything but fear of the possible consequences. So that's why you see him double down on the rhetoric about the FBI and the treatment that he's gotten, because he really sees himself as a victim and being victimized. And that part is the most truthful part whenever he talks in any interview, whether uh, hyperbole aside, he sees himself as a victim.
1: Oh, okay. because this is the thing. You could say that when it comes to Roger Stone, the victim, he loves that kind of I walk around with a bullseye, a.k.a. Tricky Dick's face on my back at all times. Uh, I walk around with this bullseye so that I could divert the slings and arrows from others. Now, he's always been very, very proactive when it comes to any sort of allegations coming out about Donald Trump. So... Here's the thing. According to a Mueller witness in a story that was released out by the um the Washington Post, one Mueller witness indicates that you know what happened on that famed evening around, I don't know, October 7th, 2016. You remember that as the day that the Billy Bush tape came out, remember? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the grab on by the yeah, that tape. Here's an interesting timeline for you. Thomas, you've talked about Pizzagate before, right? Sadly, yes. Okay, where was Pizzagate born from?
0: Uh, Liz Crokin and Alex Jones in Warriors.
1: And where did they uh, and, get their sources of information? Uh, QAnon
0: and Roger Stone.
1: And QAnon got their information from WikiLeaks' release of emails from John Podesta. Yes. Did you know, here we go, little fun fact for you. October 7th, 2016 was at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the release of the infamous "Grab 'Em by the yeah, Donald Trump-Billy Bush interview behind-the-scenes take. That happened at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At around 5, I think it was like 5.10, 5.15, something like that, Eastern Standard Time PM, WikiLeaks dropped a huge dump of emails from John Podesta, therefore starting the Pizzagate, the QAnon, and all of those conspiracy theories. Now, with Roger Stone and his ties to Julian Assange, is it any sort of stretch of the imagination, Thomas, to say that this event and that let's call it highly weirdly coincidental timing of those two events I just mentioned, is it any stretch of the imagination to picture Roger Stone actually wanting the Podesta emails to be released so that they take away from the Billy Bush scandal?
0: I I would say it this way. I'm like uh, Lieutenant Columbo, the old uh, time TV police sergeant or lieutenant, rather, in the TV show Columbo, I don't believe in coincidences. So something went down. We may never know what, but something did in fact go down. And whether it was collusion with the Russians, collusion with Julian Assange, or just hoping and praying, it all happened in a very suspect way. And and, and just like Columbo, uh, a TV star, I don't believe in clu- uh, coincidences whatsoever when it comes to this.
1: Yeah, because this is the thing. Uh, you you know, um, what's his name? Jeremy uh, Corsi? Corsi, is that it? Yeah. Jer- Jerome Corsi. Jerome Corsi. Yeah. Well, to my defense, he does look like a Jeremy. Yeah, okay. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh, and this is a call that, that, that Roger Stone kind of says, nah, that call never happened. Uh, but there was this day... That, of course he remembers, getting a call from Roger Stone and saying, we've got a problem with this WikiLeaks timing issue. They're going to release the Billy Bush thing. So that kind of implies with that one little statement that all the denial that Roger Stone is, is putting out there about his involvement with WikiLeaks gets kind of full of hot air, huh?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and you know what? If I'm going to be a betting man on anybody who's going to turn on anybody, it's going to be Jerome Corsi over Roger Stone because Jerome playing victim is really good for these guys, but nobody believes they're a victim more than Jerome Corsi. Now, Roger Stone, as I said before, may believe he's a victim in all this, but Jerome Corsi will throw Roger Stone under the bus with Everything that he didn't remember five minutes ago that he now remembers to be able to help himself to get out of this. Because you can, in every interview, the difference between Roger Stone and Jerome Corsi these days is Jerome Corsi is scared. He is nervous. He doesn't want us to spend a day in prison. So, whether truthful or not, they're going to be able to find out through the text messages and the emails between these guys how legitimate. Now, I didn't say truthful, but legitimate, whatever Jerome Corsi comes up with is against Roger Stone. So, Roger, if I'm a betting man, Roger Stone should be very afraid of Jerome Corsi. And the fun fact about all this, the guy who brought them all together, Alex Jones. And it all ties in, and I've been covering this rat SOB since day one on my show, and now I'm glad I have good reason.
1: Yeah, this is the thing about all of this, because... I'm just going to go ahead and and give you a pop culture reference when I think about all of this. This reminds me a lot of The Prisoner of Azkaban, whereas, you know, Moeller, let's say, is going through and trying to find the absolute truth, and Corsi is scabbards. Let's just throw that out there. He is the rat with the missing toe, and it's not going to be too long before he starts ratting on everyone around him. Thomas, am I wrong?
0: I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, again, I go back to the interviews. Even uh, in the safe space of Ari Melber and MSNBC, where Ari is probably the sweetest guy that you could do an interview with, and even if he doesn't agree with you, he's still trying to be nice to you. He's scared, man. And Roger Stone is putting on an act so I, bl- I believe the guy who's scared is going to be the one who uh, goes overboard and uh, does does w- the dirty deed before Roger Stone would. Not to say he wouldn't, but I think uh, Jer- uh, Jerome Corsi is going to be the one to break first.
1: Hmm. Well, I tell you what, speaking of breaks, you know what time it is, don't you? Uh, time for a break? Yeah, We're going to have to take a a break right here. But look, when we get back, I kind of want to uh, talk about some uh, slimy news having to do with Trump's spiritual advisor and what she thinks everybody should be doing with their personal finances. Uh, That and a, a, a little bit more is coming up ahead. So, Thomas, final thoughts on where we are with Scabbers here. How long on our countdown before Corsi breaks?
0: i give it another 72 hours, but, you know, that's probably being kind.
1: Ooh, 72 hours. That is kind of kind. Uh, but the next 72 hours could see the country changed very drastically. How? Find out when we get back in just a sec, okay? It's the Shaggy Chicken Show.
2: Scientific American podcast editor Steve Mirsky, and here's a short piece from the January 2019 issue of the magazine in the section called Advances, Dispatches from the Frontiers of Science, Technology, and Medicine. The article is titled Quick Hits, and it's a rundown of some science and technology stories from around the globe, compiled by editorial contributor Emiliano Rodriguez-Mega. From Italy... Europe's most relentless volcano, Mount Etna, is slowly sliding into the sea under its own weight. If part of it collapses suddenly, researchers say it could trigger mega tsunamis in the Mediterranean. From Indonesia. The construction of a hydroelectric dam and power plant in North Sumatra's Batang Toro Forest caused orangutans from an endangered newly described species to flee the project site. The government has sent guards to monitor the apes, which have built their nests on local plantations. From the Netherlands. A court of appeals in The Hague has ruled that the Dutch government needs to take action to help stop climate change. The ruling states that the country must reduce greenhouse gas emissions to at least 25% below 1990 levels by 2020. From Kazakhstan. An astronaut and a cosmonaut escaped a Russian spacecraft that experienced a launch failure shortly after takeoff. Nick Haig and Alexei Ovchinin landed safely after their capsule made an emergency separation from the rocket. From Papua New Guinea, health authorities detected the first polio outbreak in Papua in 18 years. The three cases were identified in Morobi province where sanitation is limited and vaccine coverage is low. And from Bulgaria, The world's oldest intact shipwreck was discovered at the bottom of the Black Sea off the coast. Radiocarbon analysis suggests the wood vessel dates back to 400 B.C. That was Quick Hits by Emiliano Rodriguez-Mega.
0: Get involved. Get informed. This is the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio
1: Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifico Radio Network. Welcome back. If you've missed any part of this show and want to catch up on it, it's very easy to do. Just look for us. We're darn near everywhere on the internet. You can find us on your favorite podcasting services. You can find us over at our website, ShaggyJenkins.com, or find me on social media at ShaggyLive. I really need to start posting again on social media more frequently. Uh, joining me is a guy that is, uh, I would say, active, almost overly active sometimes on social media. Please welcome the overly social but well-spoken. He's from FYI Nation and the show, some say, it's Thomas Reynolds. Welcome back.
0: Thanks, Shaggy. Yes, I have a problem and I'm not afraid to admit it.
1: <laughs> I like how you're like, I have problems and I'm not afraid to admit it. It's like, yeah, but. Do you have to admit it to everybody on Instagram, Snapchat, IG? and You get my point. That's the fun, though, man. That's the fun. You know, I, I, just as far as social media goes, I've not really learned how to do it properly. So every time I want to complain f- about something, I put it on Pinterest. I don't know how the internet works. Uh Clearly. <laughs> This is the thing. As long as we're talking about people that don't know how technology or the Internet or, you know, common sense works, uh, I want you to lead me through the story of Paula White. Now, you know who, who Paula is, right? Oh, I love Paula White. She
0: is an evangelical uh, minister, and she is the runner of the president's evangelical advisory committee. And for those who don't know what that is, it's a committee where uh, basically uh, the the evangelical Robert Jeffries of the world pray for the president, lay hands, and ask for money, because that's what they do best in prosperity,
1: gospel, religion. Mm the thing about prosperity gospel religion is it, it, it's it's always saying look you got to plant a seed plant a seed plant a seed but she's trying to plant her seed in the fact that hey uh i'm i'm, I'm behind the president and if i say god's going to punish you and you know that i talk to the president that means vis-a-vis we have ways of making you be punished if you don't contribute to us um you know, I make jokes all the time about a state media. Is Paula White secretly, on a low key kind of way, trying to establish a state religion?
0: Uh, in in her own mind, she doesn't have a lot. She doesn't have a lot of friends in the evangelical world. Uh, but her biggest friend is Donald Trump, and I guess that's all the friends you really need because she she's a swindler when it comes to this thing. Now, what she said on Newsweek, according to Newsweek, is right now. I want you to click on that button, and I want you to honor God with his first fruits offering, she said in a video shared on her website. According to Newsweek now, uh, she encourages her followers to donate to her ministries uh, to get blessings from God, and that is quintessential Paula White. She just wants your money, and you will bear fruit because, you know, you're giving to her. And what she wants you to do is not just give any amount. She she wants to give you ta- give her, rather, their salary. Their sal- salary or face the consequences from God. Because she has the, that uh, red line. Kind of like the old uh, Putin re- red line we used to have with uh, Moscow. And he was in the KGB at the time. Well, now, now we have a, a God hotline <laughs> with Paula White.
1: Oh, God. And I imagine it's like Paula White calling God and God like folds open the statue of Vladimir Putin, a la Batman from the 1960s, picks up the phone. Yes, Commissioner. You know, I mean, the thing is, is that she does kind of act. And and this is the problem with a lot of people in the prosperity, um, the prosperity religion sex. They kind of act as the doorkeepers to heaven and heaven has a cover charge to them now yeah thomas i I, for the uninitiated please explain what a first fruit is to somebody in the prosperity religions
0: okay so first fruit or or any time a type of fruit of your uh financial giving is just that if you're giving to the church right um or in this case paula white you're going to get back tenfold or whatever fold they say is the amount of money so if you say give the january salary to paula white she claims that you're going to get that back because the the Bible says so, and we take that literally, so I'm translating it for you, and I have a direct lifeline to God. You know, it's like the life alert button. She just
1: presses it, and you're in. I don't see how that works, but (laughs) this is the thing. It is kind of, uh, at least when I talk about things that uh, are related to real world thinks. This prosperity religion and Paula White's take on it, like you said, doesn't make her many friends within the faith because it comes off as a confidence scam or a con job, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. In fact, so much so that uh, Republican Senator Charles Grassley launched a 2007 investigation into the finances of ministers that solicit money and donations and it it didn't draw firm conclusions, but it, It wasn't an investigation into her. And part of the reason is because she goes after high dollars. She's like uh, trying to get whales all the time as opposed to grandma with the last $20. She doesn't want grandma with the last $20. She wants a whale, and she wants to be able to get the most bang for her buck and call it a religion. And this is where it turns into a scam artist, right?
1: Yeah, and, and when we're talking about scam artists, there there's there's a couple of different we shall call them confidence schemes that that one can uh uh use. Now the one that a lot of people get sucked into on the internet is of course Spanish prisoner, aka Nigerian Prince, aka send me money and I'll release wealth to you because you're helping out somebody in a foreign land, poor, poor person in a foreign land that's that was called the spanish prisoner since well you know the east indies companies was around but this scam is is kind of a a different scam or 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 is it thomas what do you think no
0: no, it's not It, it preys on the worst things about people when when people are in need the most. So if you're needing something, if, you, if you're if you needing favor for something, you're going to give you, whether it be a cure from a disease or a new job or anything, and you're so much in need, you're going to think, okay, this person has a, a line to God. I'm going to go for it because they're telling me that the fruit of my labor, if I give my last dollar, I'm going to see that back tenfold. So I'm going to give. And this is how the, the the catch is and the hook is what you're going to get back. So you can justify giving all that money to the person. It's it, it's sick and it's, it, insidious. It's as bad as the guy who sends you an email and says, "I know what you did on your computer. Send me Bitcoin money." And they may or may not know anything, but they're using that threat so you justify giving away your money. It's, it, it's a different, different kind of threat, but it's equally insidious.
1: Now, here's the thing. As long as we're talking about con jobs or confidence schemes, I am going to give you the <clears throat> either, ready? Either the steps of the process of the prophecy, faith, preachers or the steps of a confidence scam and i want you thomas reynolds host of some say and one of the co-founders of fyi nation.com i want you thomas to be able to tell me which i'm talking about now here's the stages i'm going to give you first there's the foundation work which involves making a lot of preparations including like Hiring assistants, finding a space to do it all in. Then there's the approach. That's where you actually go out and you say, "Hey, I've got something to tell you." You you know you're you're approaching people. Then you build up. You 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 tell the people that you're talking to, "Hey, not only have I got something to talk to you about, but this thing that I'm going to talk to you about will make you into a better person and promise us a better a better world, all all together." And, and then there is like a I want to say like a small enticement, right? So this, this thing that's, that, that started to build, they want to be in like, you know, build up some confidence in you and stuff. So they, they give you like a small little gift, a, a little token of their appreciation, something that is uh, infinitesimally smaller in value than the things that you've already contributed towards their calls. But they're going to give that back to you as kind of a down payment on things to come of riches and blessings to come. Then there's gonna be a a a big hoopla or hurrah moment where everybody is kind of, oh my God, the plan isn't going according to plan. We have to change the plan now and oh this changes everything. And then there's the what I like to call the the the, the in and, and in. Not the in and out. That's something else. Make your parents explain it to you kids and it's not my job the in and in this is where the the conspirator who's kind of you know in on it and 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 all of the stuff that 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 the actors the workers and everything this is where everybody says okay well because of the crisis we're going all in and then they look at everybody else and's like are you all in too because we're all in and that's where the payoff happens Did I describe a con job or faith philosophy or or prophecy? Sorry.
0: You you describe both very accurately. Um, it, it also sounds like a particular church that I I don't want us uh, getting followed by that Leo Remini used to be in. Um, so it 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 evolves in a lot of ways. So this is not this is a tried and true method because it, it, you always have that hook, and once you have that hook, you grab the person and you use them until they're leak, no longer leaking and they're dry. So they're a dry well. And that's what makes us so horrible, because you, you know the the email scammers and you. Things like that are usually one and done. But these people who preach prosperity gospel, like Paula White, she is never done. She continually makes money off of something that could be good and really help people. And somebody who is a member of a church, it really makes my skin crawl, because if I walk into a Catholic church or an Episcopal church or most normal churches they don't ask for money they'll send a little basket around but they're not telling me i'm going to be damned to hell if i don't give a thousand dollars or even worse my entire salary for the month because it's the new year like paula white did she's actually selling uh something that is completely insidious and wrong
1: now this is the thing because when we talk about insidious and wrong <clears throat> I I don't know how to tell you this but the the steps that I was just going through those are verbatim from Wikipedia that's 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 how to run a con job but you compare it to how the faith or the fruits first fruits or f- uh, what do they call it uh Prophecy. Prosperity gospel. Prosperity, prosperity God. Oh. Yeah, the prosperity gospel followers. If you look at the the ways that they do things, and i want to take an example of somebody that I knew in the 1990s, uh, Tillman, Roger Tillman. You remember him?
0: Oh yes, he he's my favorite parting preacher.
1: Yeah. Well, this is what he would do when he would go up to to to. <clears throat> build his congregation of course first there was the foundational work where he got he got a couple of other of the tv evangelists and stuff to kind of go in with him and say hey this roger tillman he's a miracle worker he's a good guy blah 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 that was all the foundational work then he started approaching people and saying come to me come to me and i'll hear send me your letters remember send me your letters and i will give you answers and things like that and that that started to build up the approach of course the build up that he was using was, give to me your first fruits, ah, ha 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 there we are again, give to me your first fruits, give to God 10% and, you know, higher, through me at my church, and great things will come your way, and just to prove it, this is where he did the payoff for convincing, just to prove it, I'm going to send you one of my specially blessed Roger Tillman Bibles. And, and yep. re- remember the Bibles and then the blessed necklaces and stuff? And they were supposed to be worth like $50, $60, but it, they, they could have come out of a gumball machine? Yep, or a Cracker Jack box. Right, so that was the payoff that, that, they, that he would always do. And then, like every so often, and I want to say <clears throat> once a financial quarter, he would come up with the big... Hoorah! the big hoopla a tragedy oh something is talking to me with the spirit and everything like that and I need money now give me money give me money give me money now and then he would have other evangelists like uh, an Oral Roberts or a Jimmy Swaggart the co-conspirators come in and tell everybody hey Roger Tillman he knows what he's talking about send your money now and boom everybody would split with the cash and then the next financial quarter would roll around and the whole scheme would start over again. So when Paula White tries to use the pulpit for that type of purpose, is it any surprise that she's Trump's spiritual advisor?
0: No, it's a, actually a fitting job for her because he, he is completely lacking in any type of spirit spirituality and so she.
1: Mm. Yeah. well now here's the thing because i know a lot of people are going to be listening to the show and it goes oh god here's shaggy downing something again and, and, and please understand that i actually came from a sect of the pentecostal church rooted in the seed what we used to call seed faith okay you plant your seeds in the church and it, it grows. But the thing is, is that you had to keep planting seeds and then the, then the seeds got a lot more expensive as time went on. And when you couldn't plant any more seeds anymore, the church would basically tell you that you were out of blessings. Nothing grew in my garden, plenty of seeds. So when I talk about the frustration of it, I'm just saying that it comes from a very educated place. So this is the thing, Thomas, when it comes to people like Paula White that use the pulpit and use the kind of Christian uh, uh, tenets, as they were, behind her to say, give unto me or God will punish thee. um, What does it take for them to kind of get their, shall we say, holy comeuppance? Uh,
0: Good question. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I... I, uh it's frustrating because I don't think they ever will because it's shrouded in religion. And I think they'll just be able to take advantage of people as best they can because there's always going to be that sucker in the room. So I don't think they're going to get anything as far as what you're hoping for, unless we have people like you and me pointing out the tragedy in all this.
1: Yeah, because here is the tragedy. These seed faith religions have taken from senior citizens, vulnerable senior citizens, countless of thousands of dollars. Things like, send me a $5 and I'll cure your cancer. Yeah, that used to be said on a broadcasting entity until, well, certain people stepped up and said, hey, religion is religion and freedom of speech is freedom of speech, but that is that is a fraud, fraudulent claim. Yeah. But uh, the, the, the thing is, is that I, I kind of want to illustrate about all of these things is that they do have a mentality of preying on a certain weak sector of people. And when Paula White is kind of known in the circles as the uh, top political Christian in the land, it kind of damages other members of other faiths and even within the Christian religion itself itself it kind of damages their reputation with the community as a whole, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's why there are a lot of people who are legitimate, uh, don't legitimize her. And even, ironically enough, there are some people in uh, the prosperity gospel circles who see her as a fraud that she is, which is always strikingly weird when when that happens.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just kind of like... Uh... Well, there's this whole story in the Bible about Jesus and a whip and some thieves and temple. Yeah, 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 go read it yourself if you're interested. Look, here's the thing. One person that has been religiously scrutinized lately, and I want to get into this story before we run out of time, has been one Elizabeth Warren. Ah, yes. St. Warren, as it were, around my household, because my wife is absolutely in love with her, as well as a lot of other, you know, kind of established Democrats. Now, me, eh, I kind of float around the political spectrum of going, la di I want to do what I want with my vote. So I'm not really kind of sold on her, but here, here recently some news came up to light that kind of makes me think, oh, Elizabeth, you shady... You know what I'm talking about, Thomas? Yes, I
0: do. Now, keep in mind that this story I got for you, Shaggy came from the Free Beacon, but the only reason I brought you this hit job on her was because they used the material from her own website. So she shot herself in the foot with this article.
1: Okay, but let's just go ahead and be honest. When it comes to... Policy Warren has been, by and large, pretty much on the good side. When it comes to presentation, Elizabeth Warren is a train wreck in slow motion that you're eating as you're dropping ice cream into your lap.
0: Yeah, and that's the worst part about it because her policy is really good, but she makes so many simple mistakes that it it doesn't justify going for her, to me at least. And look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is in the long run, even if it's Elizabeth Warren. But that being said, I don't think she's good enough to run up against Donald Trump and the Trump campaign, even as bad as it is because she is not the type of fighter, she's too much of a bookworm, and to make simple mistakes like this article is able to point out, it worries me, because it only shows me, uh, one, how cold she is in calculating, and uh, the free beacon of all places doesn't take masterminds to point things out, as we talked about before on the show.
1: Yeah, I know, but the, the, the thing is, is now the hit jobs are coming from Warren, of course, Kamala Harris had her town hall and everybody was kind of, ooh, Kamala Harris. Once again, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. It is too damned early for me to start picking people who I like. Gosh, elections need to slow down, y'all. But the the thing is, is that when it comes to Warren, a lot of people are, are kind of already figuring out the kinks in her armor. And when you have people going after a candidate this early on in the cycle, how likely are they to survive past a primary?
0: Well, the, the problem with this particular thing is it, it shows her blatant hypocrisy with, um, with the finances and the financial system. Because if you're going to do this, I wouldn't have done it in the, this way, especially since she is policy-wise, as you said, Shaggy, on the right side of it, but then she does something so dramatically different uh, to what her policy stance is, it's almost a, a sucker punch to the gut. It really is, and it really it really frightens me when it comes to her, what her... Um, willingness to do is with other things. Like, for example, is she really for Medicare for all, or is she saying it because it's convenient and it's like Donald Trump's wall, it's never going to actually be done? That that type of calculation worries me. I'd rather have somebody like a Bernie Sanders, uh, who I am for, and he hasn't said he's in yet, but he is my first choice at the moment, for full disclosure. I would rather have somebody who has a track record of being for and saying and doing as opposed to someone like in this article of the Elizabeth Warren who has a track record of not doing as she preaches.
1: Yeah, and, and that's just it. As long as we're going to talk about things that build up confidence in politicians, being able to keep your word is kind of uh, really high, high, high on the list. And Warren, for the most part, has been... Politically, milk toast. She has been kind of a, a bland, everyday assortment of vanilla and milk. If, it, if if that was a way to conceptualize how white and bland some of her actions have been. And to be a politician, you kind of got to do have a little bit more fire and spunk in you. So, I mean. Imagining a debate between her and Donald Trump, it's kind of like sending now Mrs. Doubtfire to fight Hulk Hogan in one of those cage matches of the old days of the WWF.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And worse, to go back to the article a little bit, um, and he only has to point to this and say, look, why don't you practice what you preach? You're yelling at me. At least I tried and went for the wall. I mean, say the wall doesn't get built he can at least go to look I went and did that now I'm not anyone to offer Donald Trump any advice but I will offer Elizabeth Warren some and I would have said to her had she came and asked don't do this in this damn silly way you're doing this damn silly thing because to for years not pay your your taxes at the higher rate in the state of Massachusetts and then when election time rolls around as this article is portraying it as to pay them and you could, and she's brilliant in the fact that she listed her taxes but stupid in the fact that she didn't pay the rate and the higher rate uh, to save money i mean why are you can't then go and lecture as she does about paying the your fair share when she's not even doing it the proof is there And that's the easiest for even Democratic people to go after her with. Elizabeth, you want people to pay this money, but you're not even doing it when you have the chance. Who are you to tell anybody else to do that? And it's in, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be Donald Trump. Kamala Harris can come and take her out with that.
1: Well, this is the thing that kind of gets me about all of that because, <clears throat> and we've got like seconds to go here, is at the end of the day, Elizabeth Warren is probably going to be the person that gets herself kicked out first. Would you agree? Yeah, and that,
0: that's the sad thing about it because as you said, Cheggy, her ideas are sound and great,
1: but the intentions, I don't know if they're there. Yeah. Well, until next time, everybody, make sure you check out the show, Some Say with Thomas Reynolds, and, well, you can check him out here weekly on my show. Till next time, though, love you, mean it, Caden, bye, we got to go.